Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we hear from Red Raider head coach Joey McGuire, the latest status on QB1, formerly Tyler Shuck, and we'll discuss the offensive game plan moving forward for Zach Kitley and Donovan Smith expected to take the reins this week against the top 25 Houston Cougars all coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. So glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team Every day, thanks for making us your first listen wherever you may be doing it, however you may be doing it. We appreciate it. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you find your podcast. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we we need all the help we can get, please. Yeah, if you like what we're doing here. Chris is going hungry this fall. We want to keep him (laughs) well-fed heading into the winter. It could be a harsh one, so we appreciate all the support. And again, those who have uh, found us in Uh, Subscribe there on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. We've got a whole lot coming up from Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire, as well as offensive coordinator Zach Kitley from their uh, meeting with the media to kick off the week, Chris. And of course, primarily on the minds of a lot of Red Raider fans, assuming not so great news, but wondering uh, a little bit more so about some clarity whenever it comes to uh, the status of Tyler Shuck. And we got a little bit of that today, didn't we? Yeah, I, I don't know how much you want to hear from Coach McGuire first, or do you want me to just go? Because I don't want to ruin anything here. But if you want me to go, just nod your head and say, take off, Chris, because I'll just give you what I, everything that I know on that deal. This reminds me of the time that I was held hostage. <laughs> I'm going to hold my nod. I'm going to continue to blink. Here, I will give you the sound uh, from okay. head Coach Joey McGuire. I didn't want to ruin say, anything. Uh, it's going to be a deal to where um, how many weeks it will be. You know, I don't want to go any far farther than the shoulder. I know we will not play against uh, Houston. We'll play against North Carolina State. Um, and probably will stretch into Texas after that. You know, we'll just have to see, you know, where he's at. Um, if it goes longer, the good thing is um, it's not a good thing, but it is a good thing that we got to buy after the Oklahoma State game. So, it you know, it presses – it pushes you into where you've got, you know, anywhere between three and six weeks to recover from, from uh, his shoulder. Well, and, and good to know that since you were held hostage, you are out, you're freed, you, you're good to go. Um, that, that, that This is good news for all of us, including myself. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think uh, I think that just not really sure yet and, and letting them get Dr. Crawford, who I think is who Coach McGuire mentioned today of Lubbock Sports Medicine. He's the team doctor, brilliant guy. I've had to see him for a, a hand injury before, and he's – um, he is, uh, I guess he's seeing Tyler on Wednesday and of, of this week. And then that will kind of determine which direction they go could require surgery. I think coach McGuire even mentioned that pointed more toward collarbone issue and not necessarily shoulder. Uh, there was a lot of shoulder and AC joint talk, but I mean, he could kind of pin that down and it was, uh, either clavicle or collarbone, whatever. And so three to six weeks um, and, you know, but I, I think the, the point is, is that this is Donovan Smith's show for a while. And, and even 
even depending on what you get from Tyler and the prognosis, it's not as if he would just come back and be the guy again and be ready to go again and all that. It's going to take a bit. So we'll see. I don't know when we'll officially get clarity on that, but uh, they've kind of delayed uh, any sort of announcement until they can kind of figure out what – because Joey's pretty transparent about injuries. I mean, he's pretty – every coach is different. You know, Coach Kingsbury wouldn't really give you much. Uh, I think Matt Wells was kind of somewhere in between. Joey has been as forthcoming as I've really ever been around on statuses of guys, uh, and and that's just the way he he believes in, in doing it. And we'll give you questionable, we'll give you out, we'll tell you kind of, uh, but also doesn't want to just get too specific with this injury, I, I guess yet, because I think as he pointed out. I don't want to put a target on him, you know, when he does come back and, and pinpoint where where he should you should try to hit him and all that stuff. But but uh, yeah, that, that's that's what I can tell you about Tyler Shuck. Bottom line, Donovan Smith's going to start the game uh, versus Houston on Saturday versus the one uh, in Raleigh and NC State, and then versus the Longhorns here. And then I think there may be a bye week right there, and so we'll kind of see where where things go. But to sum it up. Donovan Smith's show right now, and you certainly wish Tyler Shuck the best and hope he gets good news on Wednesday. Yeah, Coach McGuire did offer a little bit more clarity as there was some speculation between something resembling collarbone issue, shoulder, AC joint type of issue, and how that would impact the timeline. It's like more of his collarbone. It's not exactly where it was last year, last year, you know, and last year they didn't do anything other than let it heal. Uh, We're going to kind of see where he's at. I mean, let's go back to the game. Don't forget the guy – uh, through two complete passes. One was a huge first down to Nehemiah Martinez um, whenever he was hurt. And so uh, we got to kind of see, you know, and, and I try to – I want to make sure, you know, I respect everybody in the room from the standpoint of, of talking about injuries of who's not going to play. But I'm also not going to put any of our guys in a situation they'll be targeted whenever they do come back because I know no coach in America is ever going to say that they are. But – it's our job to hit quarterbacks, you know, and we're going to try to hit quarterbacks and they're going to try to hit our quarterbacks. And so I want to make sure I'm kind of protecting those guys. I mean, he's not going to play. It is his, it is more of his collarbone, but it's right there. Whenever you talk, start talking about the collarbone and that AC joint kind of fit together right there. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that it's less than six, but I would probably say it's anywhere between three and six weeks to get him back. Yeah, and Joe, Joey said it much better than I did. But I, I think that the, for the team and for Donovan, this is – I had somebody tell me that's really smart uh, that's in coaching, not at Texas Tech or anything, tell me E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. So far, the the injury and Donovan Smith coming in, that nobody blinked and all that. Now we'll kind of see more about what the outcome is going to be because we know what's happened – We've seen some of the response. Don't know if we've seen the whole thing, but uh, but I think I think you know Donovan will get tested big time against Houston because if, if he does if if you go out there and play well, then I, I think people are going to feel like okay, I maybe mean, just beat a top twenty five team. Now now he's got some confidence. He he's shown that he can do it, and now you may start to dream a little bit. But right now, this is still you know, in some ways, the backup quarterback and get, get the start, even though we know he's got experience and he was a Liberty Bowl MVP and all those things. But um, kind of interesting to see the whole dynamic that we've talked about for all these months just changed in an instant uh, as it has here. 
Yeah, no question about it. And as uh, we discussed on yesterday's show, that's why you're really grateful as a Tech fan for the intangibles that you know that Donovan Smith has already kind of uh, been proven up on as we saw him go through some of those big moments a season ago. And, and back to Coach McGuire's answer, man, I thought that was really uh, one of the more enlightening moments as it relates to divulging um, the reality of injuries. Because I think from week to week, sometimes you do get exhausted with the secrecy and you just kind of wonder, okay, you know, to be honest with you, uh, what's it all for? But I don't know that many fans, and I'd be counted among them, uh, often consider the fact that you're you're painting a target somewhere on that guy's body potentially when he returns. If you're really just, you know, if you've got your overhead x-rays and you're pointing to the, hey, right here is really where he's going to wince if you can get to him. I thought that was an interesting explanation. Yeah, it is. I think he's just Joey's trying to take care of his guys, but also trying to take care of the media that, that is curious and which is the conduit for the fan base, too. So I certainly understand all aspects of what he's doing, but it's just it's it's just interesting how each coach kind of views things differently. Because Mike, you know, way back when Mike used to be somewhat forthcoming and then finally he was just like, because I think that the more you tell in some ways, the less you get asked. But when you don't tell you know, the the media can kind of play games with you a little bit and try to ask all kinds of ways and try to... Well, let's be honest too, Chris. Uh, The more you win, the more success you have, probably the less compelled you feel to really offer up, you know, some extended conversation. And right now you're still in the period of trying to generate goodwill. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. That's part of that uh, that happens as well. And speaking about generating goodwill, man, uh, if you hadn't heard it yet, you're about to. If you were the guy that or gal that was in the top row of the Jones, if you were serving hot dogs in the concession stand, if you were the dude that was maybe sleeping through the second half in a camping chair in the parking lot next to the grill, it didn't matter. Joey McGuire was handing out thanks in all directions. Start out by uh, thanking our fans and our student body. I mean, uh, I had a a dad that played, his son plays for us, and um, he played college football, and his older son played at a major major college that's in our conference. And um, he said that he's never been a part of a game day atmosphere like that. And so just thank the fans and and thank our student body, Um, our support staff, uh, as far as our creative team and our our video team. I mean, they were elite. I thought the music was incredible. Uh, That's coming from uh, re-watching it. Of course, I didn't hear a lot going on during the game, but had a lot of comments, and I thought just the atmosphere was was amazing. Our band was uh, was incredible. I did hear that a little bit because DeRuiter said they were so loud, so that's a good thing. And, um, you know, we get to do it again. We we need the student body out. We're, we're playing a ranked opponent uh, here at 3 o'clock, and, you know, it's really important that we have that support and, and make sure that uh, it's a hostile environment. Um, I, I know we will. So I just wanted to say that, just appreciate everybody. And then, of course, everybody that worked the game, the, from the concession stand to uh, the people that worked that. Just, um, I've just had so many people that uh, my family and my friends that have said that just the atmosphere from uh, everything in the stadium was incredible. So can't thank that enough. Thank you all enough for that. If you were if you were cleaning the stands up, scrubbing toilets after the game, Joey McGuire's thanking you. Everybody's on the list, and it feels good. You're welcome, Coach. I'd just like to say personally, I had I saw him do something the other day, and I think it speaks to because I keep waiting for somebody to pull the rug out, right? Or not, not, <laughs> not, not, not really. But I'm saying, man, the guy's just so nice and engaging. 
and, and deserves support, certainly. But I, beginning of the game the other day, I saw him do something I've never seen another coach do. And I have an interesting perspective because I'm right down there. It was right next to the where the team was off to the off to the side. And anytime there's a tech home game, there is going to be opposing ball boys that work for the other team and, and all that, you know, on your sideline. They, they're making sure that whenever their offense is out there, they've got an extra ball or they're making sure, you know, all that stuff. There's, yeah. there's some management there. So there's always two. And some of them can be kind of spicy and, you know, depending on if you get, you know, conference <laughs> right. rival in here and all that stuff. Anyways, long story short, Coach McGuire basically like introduces himself to both of Murray State's guys, asks them where they're from, wishes them luck, the whole thing. I just thought it was like something that was so kind of meaningless in some ways, but in some ways it was just like, holy cow, man. And the guy's about to coach his very first game ever <laughs> at, at, as a head coach at the D1 level, and he's introducing himself to a couple of ball boys from Murray, Kentucky. You I know, mean, and just yeah, I mean, it's just it just said all class to me, and then he's sure. thinking everybody too. I guess that's the point yeah. I wanted to make. Meaningless to everyone but those two guys, and right. yet he still takes time out to do it. And who knows? He could have been telling them, guys, I'm nervous as hell. You just talk to me, <laughs> calm me down a little bit. I yeah. gotta look. Hey, and shout out to the spiciest of spicy ball boys of all time in the picture when Crabtree's breaking into the end zone. My guy Dagan Province, pride and joy of Sudan, Texas, America. And he was working with ultimate spice on the opposing sidelines, I think, uh, once upon a time, Chris. And what a terrific opportunity to segue into a great way to spice up your college football season. Get to that in a second. And also on the way, well, we'll get back to between the lines. What's the game plan now with the quarterback situation? Does it change for Zach Kitley? Does Joey McGuire subscribe to the thought of having two or three quarterbacks, meaning you don't have one? Didn't really sound like it. We'll let you listen in for yourselves coming up in just a moment. But I want to tell you about Underdog Fantasy first, the easiest place to kick college football season up a notch, spice it up a level. They put the work in to make sure the process to get started at Underdog Fantasy is as easy as can be while also focusing on making the game day experience top notch, as in being easy to play while watching the Red Raiders play on Saturday. All it takes, one single game to win cold, hard cash. And Underdog Fantasy's number one focus is making for a fun and easy user experience. So sign up today with the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On. And Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So you throw in a hundo, you get another hundo for free, baby. You just got to go to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code Locked On at underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Again, go to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D on. Locked On and spice up the season and get in on college football. Pick them today at underdogfantasy.com. It's Locked On Texas Tech, your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate all of you subscribing. If you haven't, do it now, right now on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. Before we're out of here, we're getting to trench work. The wrap-up to this program is going to be for those who really love football 
or those who want to learn more about loving football, because we're going to talk about some of those considered to be least sexy as far as positional groups. But for my money's worth, there's a jack for every Jill, and somebody's going to be into this defensive line, offensive line conversation uh, we'll get into coming up to wrap up this edition. But first, Chris, wanted to get to between the lines as it relates to, well, the quarterback position and the fact that now Tyler Shuck is sidelined for an indetermined amount of time. But we just heard a moment ago from Joey McGuire, three to six weeks, depending upon the outcome of some things uh, as he sees specialists here this week. We know whenever Houston comes to town three o'clock on Saturday, it's going to be Donovan Smith. But is it going to be Donovan Smith and then some? Uh, let's take another listen to head coach. Joey McGuire. Expectations are to play both of them. Uh, just like, you know, we were planning on playing all three of them. You know, one uh, with Tyler getting uh, hurt, you know, we had to throw Donovan in there a little bit earlier than what we expected. But, you know, we plan on playing Barron and, and Donovan. The packages changed a little bit because, uh, you know, we had a we had a couple of them where we were going to have all three of them on the field at the same time. And, and you know, with, Don, with Tyler out this week, um, you know, we won't see that. But you'll see both quarterbacks this week. And, you know, excited. That, it's a good thing that, you know, they're excited about that. I think they were locked in. And, I mean, you saw Barron, you know, I, I think Donovan, his first two passes were touchdowns. Um, and then you see Barron with the number one offense. He goes down, drives down, and, and you know, scores a touchdown. So, very capable. Um, you know, I hate it for Tyler. Uh, kids worked his tail off. And, and, uh, but he'll be back. And those guys are, are more than capable to step in and, and go out and lead us to a win. Yeah, speaking of Jack and, and Jill and all that, I've never understood when they, they have those ba bathrooms and there's like you share the the one part and then all that, the Jack and Jill bathrooms. I've always thought that was weird because what would be at a brother or the other two sisters? I never understood why they had to be called Jack and Jill bathrooms. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> assuming a gender somewhere and that's <laughs> yeah, awful dangerous. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... I I think I think that if you if you listen there, well, that was kind of the 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 part about we're gonna we had some stuff with all three quarterbacks on the field at the same time. That that was what they kind of I think were working on and had planned. It wasn't what you saw the other night. It wasn't that this is my opinion, but it wasn't, Hey, you go, go right out there and run it. And you go, you, you have this series or this quarter or whatever. But I, I, I think that's kind of because, you know, that, so when he said I was going to play all three and all that, that, that was, that was what they were going to do. And that was true. It just wasn't in the traditional manner. Like we were, we thought about, Hey, he'll get this series. He'll get this series and then he'll get this series or whatever. So that that I don't know if we'll ever get to see those packages or not or those plays that that because uh, I was excited to see that. I, I I wonder how much of what he's saying there holds true now that you have Donovan and Barron. Is that on the field at the same time in that kind of way, or or is is Barron legitimately going to get some series and things like that, or situational stuff? Uh, if so, I, I don't know when it would be because I know when Donovan would come in. It's very easy to assume short yardage, red zone, goal line, whatever, just because of how big he is and his ability to run. Uh, but what does Barron do that you would want him in that situation better than than Donovan? You follow you follow what I'm saying? So, sure. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious now what that what that looks like based on what Joey is saying about 
hey, man, we, we were going to roll all three of them out there at the same time. I mean, what a nightmare for a defensive coordinator trying to spend time with all the, all the you know, things. And that may be part of this, too. Make no mistake, you have the portal era, trying to keep more guys engaged. You, you, mm. you can mess with opposing DCs by just the hint of it and then actually doing it and then the suggestion of, because Dana Holgerson's, I mean, he doesn't, his guy doesn't know. Do, do they mean alternating series? Is it situational? Is it the same time? Yeah, palms up. I don't know. You know, so uh, I, I think there's probably a method of the madness with all that. He did say you will see, and that really stuck out mm-hmm. to me, multiple quarterbacks. So uh, whatever fashion that comes should be interesting to see how it possibly catches us, you know, all by surprise. Uh, whenever the Red Raiders are on the field against the Cougars. If you ask offensive coordinator Zach Kitley if it's changing anything for him as far as his approach to a game plan, well, he didn't seem like he needed a whole lot of time to think about that. No, we're not going to change. I think y'all saw that. You know, I know a lot of people around here think Donovan Smith's a, a, you know, a runner and quarterback, and don't get me wrong, he's very talented, but he came in and uh, I can't remember exactly, but first two or maybe three throws were both touchdowns. So uh, we're not going to change schematically what we do. Uh, you know, we've kind of tailored those guys to be prepared for, for their opportunity. And, and we've been telling them all, hey, man, you know, Donovan and Barron throughout this deal, whenever we named Tyler a starter, y'all are one snap away. So you got to be prepared. And unfortunately it happened. And, and Donovan was unbelievable and, and very poised and ready for the moment and came in and just balled out, to be honest with you. So uh, we won't change what we're doing. Um, just looking forward to this week. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting, Casey, because had Donovan started this game and he ends up finishing 14 of 16 with the four touchdowns and all that stuff, we would have we would have been like, oh, man, the guy was super efficient. He was nails. Yeah. It, it, it was awesome. And, and now we look at it, you know, we, we pull the snippet out and say, well, okay, this was just like second quarter and, and, and the third quarter, and he didn't start, and he was the backup and all that. So it's just funny how perspective can kind of change. But I saw him listed. He had like on, on some listing, he had like I think a top 30 quarterback performance in the country, according to folks that watch college football the whole weekend and stuff. And I was, it's like he just did it in two quarters and as, a, as the backup per se. So And didn't really run. There was nothing that he did that really scrambled or called runs or anything. This was just him being a drop back guy and extend the play and firing the ball down the field. So I can't can't wait to see where we go from here. Let's go to a little broader picture with the head coach, Joey McGuire, because something you and I discussed just last week, quarterback competitions, uh, outright stating or planning to play multiple quarterbacks. The old cliche, if you've got two or three, you don't have one. We even talked about it being a uniquely um, suited position to need to have that one clear-cut guy uh, in order to most positively impact the remainder of the team. All of this seems like it comes from the book of historical football knowledge, uh, but Joey McGuire may be a little bit more of an outside-of-the-box thinker. One of the comments I was most interested uh, to hear him make had to do with the thought of multiple quarterbacks not being used as a result of not being able to settle the issue, but as a result of that being one of your most athletic or talented positional groups, why not try to get them all in the mix? Here's Coach McGuire. Expect uh, Donovan to start, um, and then Barron will definitely have, just like coming in this last week, have a package to where he'll be able to go in and play. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't know where this comes from, or maybe it's a little bit different. It's not going to be a rotation deal, but I truly believe smart coaches – 
and I'm not saying I am, Zach Kitley is, um, but <laughs> smart coaches get their playmakers on the field. And it's weird that the quarterback position is the only position that everybody thinks there should only be one playing um, whenever those guys are usually some of your best athletes. And they're definitely some of our best athletes, and I think they proved it on Saturday, and we're going to continue that away. So we'll have a package to where he'll be able to come in and, and uh, do something to affect the game. It, it, it is. It's outside the box. This is just not what you see. Doesn't mean it can't work. I mean, you know, I think you mentioned uh, uh, one time when we were talking about, you know, University of Florida and Tim Tebow and Chris Leak, and that, that they won time. a national. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a national championship. Yeah. I, I just wonder if football is changing a bit. I mean, you know, the running back position is is a prime example of used to be you had a you had a lead back and you know he right. was your horse and you you handed it to him 25 30 times a game in the NFL and college now there's hardly you can't find that anywhere it's it's all almost all running back by committee i don't know if quarterback will ever be that because i think guys have to get into the rhythm of the game and they they just you know but maybe you know cuz this isn't what Joey's suggesting here. Isn't necessarily new. There, this has started to be a, a bit of a trend, in that you, you have people that come in and do some things, and you, you red zone, and you, well, th- this guy's really good at this. It does though make it tricky if 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 one guy is is a lot better at something than the other one. I.e., he's a runner, and this guy's the thrower because it, it just tips off the defense. Okay, more than likely, we kind of know what what's coming here. Are we good enough to stop it? I don't know. But, uh, you know, and, and in this case, you do, I don't think it is always the case, but in this case, you really do have two of your better athletes at the quarterback position. I mean, go check Baron Morton and see how many, how many things he was all state in at Eastland. Uh, basketball, baseball, golf, track, football. I mean, what, what was he not good at? So I, I certainly get that. And keeping him engaged and, and all those things, there's probably all kinds of reasons here. Uh, sprinkled in the soup, and hopefully the soup tastes good. And I'm curious as anybody what what package they come up with that feels like that he gives us an advantage to positively affect the game more so than what Donovan could. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I guess we'll all find out together. Is it press conference gamesmanship? Is it something that, that truly is a belief of Joey McGuire's? Is it transfer portal gamesmanship? I mean, there are so many questions to ask. I'm, of course, inclined to be very skeptical of this type of approach more often than not it seems to me to be done in a position of desperation but i don't know how that could actually be the case with donovan smith being the guy that's now inserted given uh his resume but chris one of those things that just to me makes quarterback so uniquely specific is the fact that you look on the offensive side of the football well a wide receiver needs chemistry with a quarterback a running back might need chemistry with an offensive line an offensive line needs chemistry with the quarterback there are some singular type of relationships, but the quarterback needs chemistry with everybody. And the quarterback's chemistry with the feel of his offensive line, the feel of those wide receivers, the running backs, his tendencies, et cetera, I think is one of the most important uh, facets of any offense and an ability to really improvise because you're drawing up a play, it's great, and then you get punched in the mouth. What happens then? And some of those that really have that, that synergy that is elite are able to make good things happen in that moment. And it's very, I think it's very difficult to establish it on an above average or elite level with multiple guys. It just seems to stand to reason it's a little easier to do that with one guy. But there's only one guy that we've heard from on this show today that's getting paid millions uh, to orchestrate these things. And it's not the one talking right now. So I'm going to defer 
to Joey McGuire. And I'm actually really curious and interested to see if they can come up with something that kind of runs against the grain of, of what typically has worked out there. Yeah, we will see. We'll see together. I'm, I'm as curious as you are. <laughs> we'll get back to some of those I just mentioned within the trenches along the offensive line, but on the defensive side of the football as well, some thoughts from week one as it related to some of the heavy lifting. We'll get to coming up next again with Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire. But before we move on, want to pause to tell you about our good friend, a friend of all Red Raiders, Armin Williams of Schoolie Mitchell. And uh, Chris, some may need, need an introduction. I know a whole lot don't whenever it comes to the background of uh, Armin and the Texas Tech community. Yeah, I mean, everybody uh, knows Armin. If you're a Red Raider, I mean, he was in the going band. He was homecoming king. He was the original fro bro sitting on the, fr- on the front row of uh, – of those basketball games way back in the day and just, just general good dude. He's been in the radio business a long time, but uh, doing something now differently kind of created his own business. Schooley Mitchell is a company that is a cost reduction business. And, you know, I've had a lot, lots of conversations with Armin in, in recent weeks and he's like, Hey man, I can help businesses out there. It doesn't cost them a thing. I go in there and I try to figure out ways to help them save money, whether it's, you know, c- cable or, or, you know, whatever it be, there's about 10 different categories that he looks at and it's no cost to you. And he goes in and tries to save money and then you just split the cost. But the savewitharmon.com is where you're going to want to go. That's savewitharmon.com. And again, man, he's a Red Raider. He he trusted us with this with with his business and this podcast and all that stuff. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love for people to if, if you own your own business or you know, and, and you're trying to figure out ways maybe we can, you know, use him, give him, give him a shout, man. Save with Armin.com. Yeah, it's Schooley Mitchell, North America's number one cost reduction company, saving businesses thousands of dollars. And he is primarily, particularly, specifically interested in helping out Red Raiders just like you yes. save money. There's no upfront costs, as Chris mentioned. It all starts with a free analysis. They only share in any savings generated. So if you're asking yourself, what could your business do? With some extra wiggle room in the budget, updated software, hiring new employees. Armin wants to help you find out. And of course, with so many things going on in the business world these days, uh, who wouldn't like to be a little bit more efficient if you had that ability? So uh, our good friend Armin Williams is standing by with Schooley Mitchell to do just that. So as Chris mentioned, head on over to SaveWithArmin.com. That is SaveWithArmin.com. Locked on Texas Tech, Elo, a double tizzy with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Great to be back with you. Your first listen every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up tomorrow, we'll begin to set our sights more so on the Houston Cougars, fitting the description of the next potential victim Saturday afternoon from Jones Stadium. But before then, a little bit more reflection on week one. From the head coach, Joey McGuire, we spent time talking quarterbacks, health update at the beginning of the program, but here's what makes the wheel turn. You got to love football to appreciate some of what is discussed here within the trenches. And of course, with so many questions, particularly on the offensive side of the football, when it comes to that offensive line, these early weeks, very, very important as you look to establish some things there that will be fruitful for you within Big 12 play. But we'll get right to head coach Joey McGuire 
with some week one impressions up front offensively and defensively. Uh, after watching film of our guys, man, I'm really excited about the way all three quarterbacks played. Um, but want to give uh, you know some credit to Dennis Wilburn. I mean, he played incredible. Uh, really solidified the middle of our offensive line. Uh, was really proud. He's very physical, um, picking up blitzes. Uh, you know, he, he ran the offensive line, communicated, so was excited about him. And then it was great to see the way Philip Belidi played with the two sacks. But, man, he was all over the field. And it's good to see a young defensive lineman come into his own and, and play like that. So really excited about those guys. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about Dennis the Menace. Uh, it's, it's such a great story. I, I think Joey is actually kind of – he was trying to challenge him in camp. He told us this during his uh, coach's show last week. Um, he was trying to challenge him in camp, and Joey's a big pro wrestling fan. He grew up watching it, okay? So I I, I watched it as a kid too, and, and so there's a lot. He grew up in the same area that I did, the Metroplex, but – so he, he's talking about some of these old old wrestlers and all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, I, I put something together for, for Dennis and for um, – I'm trying – Kate Briggs, I guess it was, in fall camp. And he was like – it was like a PowerPoint. And he goes, I had the Junkyard Dog, which was Dennis. And he goes, I had versus Roddy Piper. And he goes, and I'm just trying to like – hey, man, this is like a match. Like y'all are competing. You're trying to win the starting job. And I guess in this case, the Junkyard Dog and, uh, you know, he won <laughs> – He'd walk around with that that chain around his collar and all that stuff. But Dennis has been a great story because he's answered a question for them. He's been very consistent. He's been no drama. He outright won the job. And Joey even said today, you know, that they're still looking at right tackle, you know, and they're still trying to look at Jacoby Jackson, maybe entering the fray at guard somewhere. But he's like, Dennis Wilburn is solidified his spot at center. It was like the end, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Put it in Sharpie. And then you've got Caleb Rogers at left tackle. That's really the only thing that, that appears to be set up front. But it's a credit to Dennis, man. It's been it's been a nice uh, breath of fresh air, and he's been he's been really good to this point. Yeah, as you're alluding to there, uh, Coach McGuire also gave kind of like a general scan of the offensive line. But it seemed like he he went out of his way uh, to to suggest that that Dennis Wilburn specifically played very well and had solidified that position. Here's Coach McGuire uh, elsewhere within the offensive right tackle. Um, Monroe played really well. I, I expect for Ty Buchanan to play um, a series early, uh, but Monroe played really well, and he would definitely start. Um, just in the O-line, I still see Jacoby Jackson getting – you know, we played him the third series. Uh, he played really well. Um, so I do see Jacoby still being able to rotate some at guard. Uh, Dennis has solidified himself as the starting center. And then I thought Weston and Caleb Rogers played really well. And, then, you know, they're our starting left guard and left tackle. I think, you know, honestly, Chris, if you feel like, which I did going into the season, that left side of the offensive line with the guard and the tackle were going to be, you know, of some advantage to you, you know, really feeling like the center was one that stood out in week one is music to my ears because while it'd be great to have all conference guys all the way across, you sure would love to have a side that you felt like uh, you do have an advantage on uh, some of those short yardage red zone situations. So uh, I'm excited to to hear more. So that part has been solidified and, and maybe we are getting closer clearly uh, to some resolution there on the right side as well. Yeah, I think so. I, I, they won't let it go on too much longer before, you know, you, you stop 
you know, competitions and things like that. I mean, th- those players will ultimately decide it on, on how well or how well they don't play versus Houston and NC State and Texas and yeah. things like that. But, yeah, we're, we're, we're close to closure. How about that? But it is nice to have <laughs> options and depth and, and things like that. So, you know, protects you from injury, and it keeps guys sharp if there's somebody breathing down their neck. Oh, yeah, and as we're getting on into uh, the later part of this week, we'll look closer at what Houston does defensively, and I'll give you a, a spoiler. Disruptive uh, will be part of what we use to describe what the Cougars have going on up front. We saw some similar things for Tim DeRuiter's guys up front, Tyree Wilson and company, and here's Coach McGuire uh, with thoughts on the defensive line. He's so physically dominant. Um, it, it, I want to talk about the D-line as I'm talking about him. Um, it was great to have four sacks, and I think he had a half a sack, you know, whenever him and Krishan and, and Kosai finished it off. Um, but it, it, it shows the effect that he has on the game, allowing, freeing some people up, because you've got to deal with him. Um, the most impressive thing for me is how hard he played. I mean, he, he ran to the football. You know, this is one time, and he'll tell you, to be the first to tell you he lost contain, you know, rushing up, field shoulder, but – I mean, just chasing the football, he was relentless and uh, put some really good stuff on tape. I mean, he's he's a guy you have to deal with because whether you're chipping him with a tight end or where you're uh, helping him uh, helping a, a tackle with a running back, I mean, he's he's just so long and so physical. I was really proud of him, and he you know he played a good number of stat, snaps because um, you know we had some guys, some younger guys to to back him up and get guys in there. But you know, without Joseph Adetoray and Robert Wooten, you know, he probably played a few more snaps early than, you know, what he'll play, you know, to keep him fresh throughout the game. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you, you know, we, we mentioned Philip Liddy the other day to those two sacks. I'll tell you, you know, his name wasn't really mentioned there, but Miles Cole uh, mm-hmm. is a fascinating guy because if you look out there and you don't see their numbers on the jerseys, he's a clone of Tyree Wilson from a measurable standpoint. And it's just not been very, you know, often where you have guys that really, really looked apart because these are both like 6'6", 275, 280, bookend kind of defensive end tackle type guys that can do some different things. And uh, But if you get a guy like Philip Liddy, man, that can kind of come in, because you know what Tony and, and Jalen Hutchings are going to give you, but if you get a guy like Philip Liddy that kind of takes the next step, he's a country mm-hmm. strong kind of guy, you know, rodeo and all, you know, calf roping and all these things. I mean, he's a, he's a dude now. Um, But if he starts to be consistent and can be a a pass rush threat uh, like he was the other night, I mean, sign me up, man, because this kind of changes the dynamic of that guy. But like we said, with all this stuff in the last week plus, and since the game uh, this weekend, it was just Murray State. So what, what do you understand? Because if, if he has a couple of sacks versus Clayton Toon, you know, we're going to be having a much different conversation all of a sudden. Yeah, Chris, but one of those things, regardless of opponent, that you can gauge his effort. So it's great to hear about – well, obviously, you know, Bleedy uh, was in that category, and he was complimented uh, in time we didn't play today, but complimented by his defensive coordinator, Tim DeRuiter, as well, in his time with the media. But to hear one of your most talented and, and physically gifted guys, uh, Tyree Wilson, being talked about like he was there with uh, his head coach, Joey McGuire, giving great effort. I mean, those things are great to hear, uh, regardless of the opponent. Uh, The opponent is not something we'll discuss in that kind of context after the next one coming up because it's top 25 Houston, and we got plenty more as it pertains to the Red Raiders and Cougars. We'll begin to get into coming up 
tomorrow. And coming up after Locked On Texas Tech, want you to make your second listen today on the Locked On Podcast Network, the ultimate pro football preview 2022. You got eight episodes to get you ready for the NFL season. Local experts from the Locked On Podcast Network on the ground in NFL cities across America, plus every angle on the action from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into the ultimate NFL preview. Just search for ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Chris, we're looking ahead tomorrow. We're going to talk Red Raiders and Cougars, man. Looking forward to it. We'll see you then. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Keep hope alive, man. And please subscribe to these uh, kind folks that you see on your screen uh, on YouTube. That won't, <laughs> won't cost you a thing, man. Won't That's cost right. you a thing. On YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. Yes. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Have a great one. We'll see you the next time around on Locked on Texas Tech.